0: welcome to the chaffin church podcast a podcast for our community here in holden massachusetts and abroad at the website chaffin.church thanks so much for joining us for episode two today is a very special episode it is an episode that means a lot to me because i have a friend on it. that friend Is Ryan Thompson. Ryan is our producer. He has uh, been our tech guy. He is our worship coordinator here at Chaffin.Church. A great guy. And after today, and even today, I guess, he is going to be co host here on the Chaffin Church podcast. I think a, a good co host is important, in my opinion. And he is going to be that. But today, he's also going to act as our special guest for episode two. So everyone, what I'd love for you to do is welcome Sir Ryan Thompson. Ryan, come on in.
1: Thank you everyone, thank you everyone. Okay, so for my sort of creative intro, you know, uh, Linda had this sort of raucous and rowdy uh, intro last week. So I have done something a little bit more tame, perhaps a little bit more old school Uh, you know, I think this is a little bit more medieval, so... You're
0: gonna play the organ.
1: No, that would have been cool. I I really should have done that. But, um, I actually wrote a limerick. And, uh, I think, I think (laughs) you will, you will all enjoy it. But Marty, specifically... Okay, you ready? I'm ready. Okay. There once was a church called Chaffin, where all of the cool stuff was happening. I'm not the best guest, Marty's not impressed but I sure hope I get you all laughing.
0: That is really good.
1: Yeah, I, I know. Did you know, write that
0: yourself or did I did, you I did. It's, it's
1: right here and I even left the title thing here just to show you, I, I wrote it on <laughs> Evernote and I was That's too sick. lazy to title it, so. At first I thought it said Tide. No. I was like, amen, brother. <laughs> exactly. Wow, good. how you doing? Good.
0: Thanks for good. joining me. Yeah. I think this is gonna be a great uh, co-hosting Action and you are going to be here for the rest of our episodes. Yeah. At, and because uh, if you're not, we don't know how to do anything tech without you because I'm like 58 years old. Actually, I'm 45.
1: 45. I think, you know, I believe that. I believe you.
0: How old are you?
1: I am. Or do you, do you feel comfortable. I, I, you? I do. I do. I feel very comfortable with my age. Okay. You know, some people aren't, Marty. But, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I am. Uh, I'm 32. 32. Okay. Yes. What did you do on Easter? Because
0: it's right shortly after Easter, and I had a good time. What did you do on Easter?
1: Yeah, so, um, well, you know, it, Easter was, was celebratory for me in more than one way, because, as you know, you know normally I stay up very late on Saturday nights uh, because, you know, you and I, and it's both of us, it's not just you, but we, we really can't get our, our stuff together, you know, uh, <laughs> in time. <laughs> so that I have enough time to edit, like, several days in advance, you know. And so I usually stay up really late on Saturdays editing the video. But this Easter, since we went over to the video podcast uh, uh, method or, or – or it's not a method. It's a uh, – Format. A format, yes, a content format. format. Um, since we went over to that new format, uh, I actually got to sleep at, like, a, a good hour, and I woke up feeling refreshed. And, uh, you know, I, I, the first thing I did was I just laid in bed and waited for the service to start. And I, uh, I sort of, um, we call it hosting, but it's, it's more just, you know, writing a few things in the chat and yeah. then enjoying the service. So we, we have a, a little bit of an easier job in the online side of things than some of the, the hosts here do. Right. So, um, yeah, so that was kind of the first half of my day. I went for a long walk on the rail trails, which is near where I live and, uh, yeah, it was just kind of a very chill day. Did you have a good dinner? You know, um, I I did, I did. I've been trying to eat healthy, and uh, you know, my parents and I were going to like put something together. I don't know if we were thinking ham, but it, you know, it just was one of those years where it just never came together. So I just ate what I was going to eat anyway, which was delicious. And uh, yeah, it was a good day. How about you? Did, did you have fun here? Was it was it good here?
0: It was so good here. It was yeah. we, we met outside. It, the energy was there before and after the service where people wanted to be together and they wanted to hang out, including some visitors who were there. And there were some visitors that were helping us put chairs away afterwards. I mean, they yeah. didn't have to. We didn't ask them yeah. to. We'd never seen them before. Just good people. And that's what we like to have around the area, is good people, right? Yeah. And they just picked up chairs, and they're like, yeah, I want to help. And so that was awesome. Hmm. And it was, was, I would say, it didn't feel cold to me. Some of the instrumentalists thought that their hands were a little cold. (laughs) I told them to suck it up. No big deal. But online, it was good. We started our podcast, and Linda and I talked, of course, and... Mm. And you did a great job producing that. It was good. Mm. So I also then had some ham made by Carrie. Did a fantastic job. And I took a, an, about an hour and a half to two hour nap, which is wow. not normal for me. I do take sometimes a nap, but it was like, boom. Uh, secondly, moving on from Easter, I've been thinking about this because you and I had this conversation and we have, we have a few disagreements and this is one of them. Do
1: you listen to K-Love? Oh man. I, you know, I, I think I saw this, like this, this question just like looming in the, in the script, ah! like waiting for me. yeah And um, yeah, so I, I don't, I don't listen to Love Well, first of all, I don't really listen to the radio, like period, like, like radio is just, um, you know, it's, it's like the lazy person's Spotify playlist, right? It's like you literally... You don't have the wherewithal to create your own playlist. So you let some guy in a booth somewhere do it. I mean, well, I guess it's all lazy these days. We don't really listen to the whole record or anything. Uh, So some of you older folks are probably, you know, saying that about me. But uh, yeah, so I don't listen to K-Love more so... If if I did listen to radio, I probably still would not listen to K-Love. Honestly, for me, it's just... It's like a cheesiness factor. Like, I, I just... I, you know, and I, I hear just that, like, soothing, you know, this is Caleb, and it's just, it's just, like, it's so, like. Positive, encouraging Caleb. <laughs> it's so, it's just, like, bubbling over with just this, this intensely, like, uh, molded plastic positivity, you know. Uh, just, just very. Uh, Robotic, like, systematic. Know. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. So yeah. so that that side of things I don't love, I mean a few of the songs here and there are are decent, you know they're they're pretty good, and then I think about fifty percent of them are just like um yeah, they're so cheesy that that i a a uh, a former and and hopefully future uh worship leader uh cringe at honestly, you know it's. it's so uh, I, but I've always been that way right like, yeah I, would you know, always, I used to be that way yeah, i think I
0: think part of my issue is that. I feel like I don't want my church to be that way, (laughs) right? Like, to be robotic and plastic.
1: Yeah, 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 But I
0: don't mind, essentially, a robot, a radio, right? I mean, it's essentially a robot. I don't mind that being that. It's funny. And so my kids and I listen to it every single morning. And they know all the words of all the songs. It's a little bit like my... Jesus loves me, this I know back in the day, or the right. Bible tells me so. And, and it, like they know, I mean, they, could, they can literally sing the t- tunes better than me. My son, his favorite song is Toby Max. Help Is On The Way.
1: Really? True, and it's a great new song from him. So, see when I was growing up, we, we didn't listen to Christian music in the car. My mom actually had, the, but this is a real thing, so she had this, this cassette tape For each of us, my brother Carl, me, Ryan, and and my sister Johanna, and um, each of the the tapes was this this group, this husband and wife group of musicians got together and they recorded these songs, no, no, that that had um, our names in them. So you could go to a store and you could buy a cassette tape that said ryan a cassette tape that said carl and even yes a very uncommon name a cassette tape that said johanna you could find it so these people were very diligent about re-recording their songs and, uh, and so it would be like, I, I don't, honestly, I don't even remember any of the songs, but I remember my mom putting in the tape that said my name on it, and I would be like, oh yeah, it's my day, you know, I'm so much better than Carl and Joe, it's Ryan Day, you know, and <laughs> we would awesome. listen to those, and they were all like Ryan songs, so I don't know, I guess I just developed like this huge ego over the years, so maybe, maybe I should have listened to K-Love growing up. Okay, all right,
0: well, I don't think, I mean, I think it's pretty new, I don't know, I, I can't be new because it's, it literally is across the whole country. They have bought radio stations yeah. across the whole. Well, and it's
1: funny because they brought they bought bought one oh seven point three, which used to be WAF. Right. Which I I also listened to that growing up. So so uh, you know <laughs> on Ryan's day maybe on Ryan's day. Yeah. No.
0: <laughs> all right. Uh, well, today on our podcast, the 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 message is all about how do I build unity with other believers. Of course, our family reunion is with Ryan Thompson. Should be a good conversation. Uh, Chaffing Good News and also Ask a Pastor. So real quick, Ask a Pastor. Somebody asked this pastor uh, on Facebook, Have you ever been so angry with someone that you actually seriously thought about clocking them into next week? Good question. Great question. Right? Yeah. Well, let's start by getting the implied question out of the way. I've never actually clocked someone into next week.
1: Have I? You know, yeah, in process. the time that I've known, you know, Sweet. you have not hit someone so hard that it caused them to <laughs> time travel. No.
0: Now that we've worked through that, uh, there have been a few times I seriously considered becoming a pugilist and using that skill to award someone a serious tan close to one of their eyes. Like many intense moments in the last decade. One of those considerations happened online. I'll tell that story now. In the fall of 2015, I sat in a meeting with a group of guys in New Hampshire when I received a phone call from Carrie, my wife. Uh, Unfortunately, I couldn't answer as I was thick in the middle of a conversation. But when she called back a few minutes later, I realized I needed a break anyways. The next natural phase in the meeting occurred, and I a pause in the meeting, and I excused myself and called home. When I, when I called her, she sounded intense when she asked me if I had been on Facebook. I said no, and she told me a conversation that was taking place about me and the church where I worked at the time. I quickly jumped on my phone's FB, Facebook app and witnessed the beginning of what would become an all-day mob attack. So this is how it starts, I joked to myself. My wife asked me if I was going to do anything, and I said no, because at this point, it felt like I would just be defending myself against something that I really didn't do, which would make me look guilty. I told her if she wanted to share something, she could, but to be careful. So I'm going to back up a little bit and give you a bit of history of what happened, as best as I know. The drama stemmed from two guys who I had known for years, you know them as well, both of whom had attended church with me. And at the, at the moment, I hadn't seen either of them for a while. We'll call person A, John, and person B, Joe. I've changed the names because I understand that people change, and my response is not to tattle on these guys, but to answer the question in a way that we can hopefully learn and grow. I met them uh, years earlier when John was a 30-something and Joe was a young child, Over the years, my relationship with each had developed significantly. I spent more time with John as we were closer to the same age, but he struggled with addiction and would routinely disappear from my life. There was almost a decade of space where I didn't see Joe either, though he stepped back into my life somewhere around his senior year in high school. Sometime in 2015, I believe, Joe came out. This didn't exactly make an uproar in our community, nor was it a shock. My relationship with him really didn't change, though I hadn't seen him in a while. I still liked his posts on Facebook and had an occasional conversation with him when he would stop by. Uh, John must have felt differently, though, or at least he did when inebriated, because for whatever reason, Joe, John and Joe waltzed into a text conversation, and apparently John made a horrific comment via text message to Joe, focusing on his decision to come out. Joe decided to post a comment on Facebook, took a snapshot, and the beginning of the post saw a ton of people destroy John with their big, bad Facebook words. Somewhere along the way, my connection with the guys was discussed, and someone asked whether or not I was going to denounce John's hate-filled words on Facebook. And all of a sudden, around the time my wife called me, the mob decided to turn its venom toward me. After Carrie called me and I looked at Facebook, I immediately called Joe to see how he was. I, too, had been the victim of John's drunken texts, and I knew I needed to get the whole story from him. He didn't answer, so I called John. He answered, and I shared with him how I felt about his text and demanded that he apologize to Joe, both by a phone call and on Facebook. I don't know if he ever called him, but I do know he wrote a post apologizing to Joe, Unfortunately, John wasn't very good at Facebook, and instead of getting on the Facebook mob post, he did it on his own timeline, and very few people saw it. Meanwhile, Joe's Facebook post picked up steam as his best friend, who was already ticked at me about another topic altogether, asked the mob whether or not I agreed with what John did based on my silence. Keep in mind, this is within the first hour and a half that Joe originally posted and before I had even seen the post. So by the time my amazing wife called and I saw the post, it had already blossomed into a blame the church and the pastors and anyone we can think of but especially Marty kind of post. And throughout the day, friends from years past who apparently had problems with me joined in the fun, not with harsh criticisms, but passive aggressive agreement posts or likes to what was already said. As for me, I was furious and had to shut off the drama. I unfriended John, Joe, Joe's best friend, and a few other people, and went along with my day knowing that there was a mob attack out there, telling me how to live my life and how to respond to others. The thing I found interesting was that Joe knew that John struggled with addiction, and my guess is he knew that addiction played a part in Joe's text. But despite that, he chose to malign John, play a victim, and send the mob posse onto to John and me and the church. Ironically, the last person who stuck up for me during the mob posse happened to be a lesbian who told them they were crazy and they had it all wrong. So I share this story because in the midst of it, I was livid. I wanted to respond and tell them they were idiots who knew nothing about love or life or hurt or pain. I wanted to call them self-righteous a-holes who were basically the new Pharisees of our culture, believing they knew everything. They painted those who disagreed with them as uncaring dissidents. I wanted to tell them that John struggled with addiction and that they were now ganging up on someone who struggled to live a normal life and have a normal, healthy relationship because of the control that addiction had on him. I wanted to scream at Joe for knowing all that, yet using the text as a platform to make himself feel good to have other support, and his friends using the situation as a way to get back at me for a perceived offense I previously shelled out to them. But... I did none of that. Until now, I guess. <laughs> I was not going to take that battle. That happened almost six years ago in social media. It can be painful, social media, and we can all learn lessons of tolerance and humility the longer we use it. I would challenge you, however, especially when you are like in the thick of hard times, to use social media sparingly. Shut it off when it makes you hyper-emotional in any way, and never, ever respond out of anger. Chances are your response will not be well thought out enough to allow you to remain level-headed. And if we don't remain level-headed, the alternative will be to
1: clock them into next week. And that is not good for anybody. I mean, but, but even if you attempt to clock someone into next week <laughs> using the tool of Facebook, they will not go into next week. In fact, they will stay right where they are. And continue to annoy you. And
0: oh, I hadn't you even thought of them.
1: That. And
0: uh, yeah, but you've done something because you've actually taken yourself off. Are you still off of Facebook?
1: I am still off of every social media platform there is. Every social media platform. Yeah, I'm really? Not really. I, I didn't on, even know that. I'm not on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Actually, those are the only three I ever had. Wow. So. And do you feel good about that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, there are definitely things about it that I miss you know, like being able to look people up or, or have people look me up, you know, when they need to. Yeah. And and certain people, I I used Facebook, and, and I'm sorry if any of you are, are listening, are these people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I used to keep them sort of at, at a slight distance, right? I used it as like an additional layer of, of friendship where I could keep people further away from me. If I didn't want to give them my, my phone number to text me, I could do that. So yeah. I can't do that anymore. I have to give everyone my phone number, which is like whatever but like everyone you talk to but the advantage is you know i don't this doesn't happen right like i have not had a, a right. fight with anyone because you know usually when you're in person with somebody some level of civility is, is correct is observed uh, you know occasionally you'll 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 have someone you know that that doesn't follow that but uh, but i get it i mean i think we, we've all been there oh those of us who've been on social media so. totally crazy
0: well we're going to go now because we're in the thick of this thing to family reunion and uh, our this is our segment where we talk to those in our community and uh, around us who we we connect with and want to connect with and today it is as we've already
1: talked to him and he's right here sir ryan thompson i don't have another limber so if you want me to do another intro, it's just—it's it's, uh, <laughs> not gonna happen. I don't want you to do another intro. I do want you to tell me what your favorite movie is. My favorite movie? Uh, yeah. So I—I I think it is uh, the Matrix. Really? Yeah. And the first—the first one specifically. I like all three of them, but but the first one. I mean, just revolutionary, um, you know, uh, visual effects and special effects, and uh, just the that storyline. You know, like I just. Well, the first time I saw it, I was in fifth grade, and it was a little bit scary for a fifth grader. I'm not gonna lie, but uh, yeah. but I just think, I still think it's a fantastic film, and uh, yeah, hard to hard to beat it. The Matrix. Mine's a few
0: good men. Not that it matters. A few it's good men. men. A few good men. Yeah. Okay. I I love the movie. It's amazing. And at the end, when he gets Colonel Jessup to essentially confess out of his own ego, it's amazing as i re-watch it rob reiner who's the director does this thing where he pans in every shot and i didn't notice it at first but i notice it every time i watch it now and there's really no reason for him to pan i think maybe panning like maybe there was some new technology that allowed him to pan and he just did it every shot yeah in the early 90s i think it came out in 92 so nice so, Ryan and I, uh, we worked together for years.
1: Uh, when did we start? Like, you were a kid. I was. Yeah, so. I was like your age. So, uh, I think we met in either late 2008, early 2009, something, something like that. Yeah. You're the date guy. You, you, know, you know the date. Well, we were
0: playing, thing. we met, we were playing beach volleyball, uh, sand volleyball. This is like, okay. you were in high school at this point.
1: Okay, I, I have no
0: recollection of that. You don't? I don't. I, I literally remember you were wearing a green windbreaker. I don't know why I remember that, but it <laughs> <laughs> I don't wear windbreakers. I don't. I, you did in high school.
1: Is there some other must, lanky, you know, blonde kid? That, nope. It you was know? you and Steve Bramlett and one other
0: kid. Maybe, maybe. Who's Steve's friend who is super smart and his parents own a breakfast place. Egan.
1: Oh, Egan. Egan, Egan. I, think, Q- I think it was
0: YouTube. And, and yeah, yeah. Anyways, and so then a couple years later...
1: Yeah, yeah. So a couple years later, um, we we got together with a bunch of other guys, and there was like fifteen guys there, and it was mancation. So that's oh my word, that's yes. sort of where we connected. We played airsoft together. I remember I brought this this airsoft gun is like a it shoots little plastic pellets, so it won't actually go through the skin, or at least it shouldn't. And that's another story for another time that Marty and I have. <laughs> uh, but but basically, I I remember handing you my airsoft sniper rifle, yes. and you were like, "This is so." Cool, I didn't. Never... weren't you
0: the one who had like the yeah. the
1: major camo? It's outfit called a ghillie suit. On? Yeah, so I had a ghillie. It's suit. a weirdo suit, is what it. Dude, <laughs> it was so effective. It was awesome. Yeah, but I remember handing you that sniper rifle, and there was just someone there that was like, "Hey, you know, why don't you shoot me from there?" And so then he turned around for a second, and, and I don't know if he wasn't ready or not, but you just shot him in the back of the neck with that sniper rifle. I did that. <laughs> I was like, "I like this guy. I like this guy."
0: No, I think I shot him in the finger.
1: He, it was like oh. this. Oh, and that's I even worse. Okay. if you yeah. can't see on the podcast, Marty is like he's putting his hands behind his head. so it's like it's like execution style nonsense. yeah. yeah, so okay. yeah. so and, and then from there, uh, I think we, we we were in the same car on the way home and so we just started talking. And I had just read the book uh, called Simple Church. Yeah. And I remember this was when, like, like you and I both love Andy Stanley, right? But this was like back right. when, you know, Andy Stanley was was like the man. Like there was like Jesus is up here, yeah. And Andy Stanley is like like just like a hairline below Jesus, right? Yeah. You know, and uh, and you were talking to me. You're like, hey, you know, if you love Simple Church, you, you have to read, you know, the seven principles of effective, or is it five principles of effective ministry? Seven principles. management Yeah. You have to that read that book, book too. Wow. and uh, and I was like, great, so I remember, and I, I went and bought it, and I read it, and uh, yeah, loved it, so, and then, you know, from there, um, you know, and I think our mutual friend, Steve Bramlett, was co- starting to come to your church, and so from there, I, I sort of started coming to, to fellowship at the time as well.
0: Yeah, and so then you stepped in, and you were, you played several different roles. I mean, you were a youth pastor.
1: Yeah, I played a lot of I I was I was bouncing all over the place for yeah.
0: For, I mean Yeah, I mean you were young, you're probably trying to find your place in this world. <laughs> uh, it's bad sorry. that I don't
1: know what song that is. I, I it is bad. I'm just really, <laughs> I really upset know. at you right now. Honestly, I'm super know. excited <laughs> that you right
0: super mad. Uh, that's Michael W. Smith, Plays oh, this World. Oh, okay. okay. And we will be listening to that right after this episode. <laughs> He's going into the other office. Okay. Anyway, so... Well, you know, you
1: can put that with, with the podcast editing app we have. You can actually play that for our beloved audience. Uh, on the podcast. On the podcast.
0: It's true. 30 seconds of it.
1: Yeah, 30 seconds anyway. So what was your
0: defining role? Like when, when you look back on those times, and you worked, that would be 2009 or 10 all the way to 2014, what was like the defining role where you, you hit your sweet spot?
1: I think, I think it was creative pastor, although I really, you know, I really, I loved being a youth pastor. I was that for, it was basically like half and half, right? Or maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe, so. maybe I was a youth pastor for longer, but it just felt like I got so much more done as the creative pastor. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> and I almost had some, maybe not all of them, but I had some light uh, executive pastor roles. Like yeah. maybe, maybe not all of them, but some of those and. Um, Yeah, I I just, I really felt like I had hit my stride, you know, at that point.
0: We certainly did a lot of executive pastor roles. We moved. We actually, as a church, moved from our building, which was a money pit and horrible, to uh, Showcase North Cinemas in Worcester, and you did a lot of the heavy lifting around the organizing of that feat, and it was pretty amazing. That was fun for me. I really really enjoyed that. And you built a team. I mean, there's so much to be said about building teams in churches. I I think dying churches happen as a result of not because people don't go to church anymore, but because people don't build, literally, teams within the church. Mm. And I don't mean opposing teams. I mean like like the ministry team of, of the children's ministry or right. the worship team or
1: the creative team whatever it is yeah
0: and people just get lazy and they stop they decide i'm going to do it myself
1: right right yeah no i i definitely i definitely see that out there and we had some great teams at Fellowship. There's there were some great people on those teams. Uh, just just sort of like like and, and maybe maybe I'm just like like blowing this out of proportion in my mind, but I just I thought we were like the coolest people ever. Like at the time. <laughs> like I was like I was like, oh man, like we could totally just take over Worcester for Jesus. Like it, it you know, like and that was really up in my brain. I, honestly it, it yeah. was mine too. It was
0: amazing. As a group and people were coming to church and, and exciting things were happening, um, phew, It was awesome. What happened? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? You know? uh, uh, well, OK, so we, went, we moved to Showcase North. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then uh, I remember we were putting together tables from IKEA.
1: Yes. And
0: yes. you told me you were leaving. Yes. By yes. the way, we okay. have talked about this before. Yeah, we have. But I don't I don't Yeah, we have a couple times probably, but it's been a couple years. But yeah. you 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 told me you were leaving. What was going through your mind in all that? Like you were a part of this church, yeah. you're doing amazing yeah. things. We we weren't growing as fast as we would have liked. Yeah. You, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and honestly, you know, that, that was that definitely, you know, played played a role i think I think at the time, like literally all that was going through my brain was like, I want to be a church planter i want I want to, I want hmm. to plant a church and you know like that that goal was so central you know to, to you know my what, what I was what was going through my mind and uh, I just I felt like it wasn't going to happen you know at, 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 at fellowship. fellowship, you know I was like. I think, like, in my mind, I was like, Marty is an amazing guy, an amazing pastor, and he wants more than anything to help me reach my goal, you know? Yeah. But he can't he can. because, because of the resources that are at his disposal are not, like, it's, it's just um, a certain point you, re- you reached an upper limit where you look around, I want to help you. But here's what we have. Here's what you need, right? And and those are two sort of different things, you know. And so I thought to myself, and for some reason, I, <laughs> I don't know why, but I was I was I was really focused on becoming like a young pastor, like a young church planter. I'm like, look, I have a lot of energy right now. I really want to use it, you know. Interesting. And um, I had the same thing. Yeah. I literally yeah.
0: had the same thing. Like when when Lonnie. Resigned. He, it was shocking, and I was scared.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I, even before he had come in 2001, I thought that I should be the pastor, and I would have been a 26-year-old pastor, and that was, I don't know if it was cool to me or what, but it was the same. Time. <laughs> I know, I know exactly. Like, oh, yeah. I'm a young pastor.
1: I mean, I mean, but like really, you know, you, you put a lot of pressure on yourself too, right? Yeah. Like, hey, Jesus, you know, had most of his ministry in his 20s, right? Um, Beethoven wrote most of his symphonies in his late teens, you know, early 20s, right? right. Here I am 25 and I can barely make Easy Mac, you know? <laughs> like, like, I mean, uh, you know, so, so that, that, may have, that may have been part of it, you know? And, and, and not that, you know, and, and fellowship did what they could. I never got paid a lot at fellowship. By the way, neither did you. I'm just going to, you know, hopefully that's not, that's okay to say, <laughs> you know. Um, I don't think anyone expects you to make a, a ton of money, but but it was even less than probably what they expected. <laughs> and um, yeah, but it, that, that was another, another it, you know, the money wasn't like the end of the world, but it was like some having to work like other, you saw me, having to work jobs. other yeah. high part-time jobs, occasionally like a full-time job yeah. on top of doing the stuff at the church, which was really what I wanted to do. But I think, I think, and then, um, well, actually, I'll, I'll let you talk about what happened after I told you I was going to leave. Go, you, you can, uh, you can, uh, I, mean, I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know.
0: I'm sure I was a jerk. Like, in, in well, a, no, you were
1: upset. I'm, let's, let's label it. Let's label, you were upset, but you, it, I think jerk is a little strong, but, but go ahead. I don't know. Was it
0: as strong? I don't, I, it, it's funny. Nowadays, if somebody leaves the church, I think I, I think I'm and spe- specifically somebody I'm close with, right? Because you have you, you, we put we, we put compartments in our own mind over people who are connected with us, like who right. are close to us, right? And then people who go to our church, right? Yeah. Like, and and for me, like there are people who are my Boys, right? Like you, Al. But but that's—it's not like you're mine. Like, like
1: but yeah, but then but, but things get so complicated so quickly. You know, when you have a professional relationship with someone on top of a church relationship with someone on top of yes. a friendship with them, yes. right? Yeah. And so I was I was sort of taking this like professional path. And by the way, you know, for your listeners. Marty was completely blindsided because I literally didn't tell him at all. Like, So this whole like friendship side <laughs> of things, like I basically just completely ignored, right? And like, this isn't like Ryan's like an 18 year old boy, like, you know, like, no, I was 25. Like I should have known better, right? Than to leave my friend, you know, just like totally unaware and then blindside him when we're building some schnuganfrugen table from Ikea, right? I mean, <laughs> like, that's cold. That's cold. <laughs> that's you <know>? as cold <laughs> as that furniture. <laughs> it was, it was metal, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: well, you know, and it you're young and that was a, a decision you made. It was your decision, right? That's right, like that. You you went through that. You, you made that decision. I, and so we went two different paths from here, right? And you stepped into another
1: church. <laughs> Which did not work out well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I may not have been happy about that either. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and that didn't work out well. How come that didn't work out well?
1: Well, you know, I went and I worked, and I'm not going to name the church because I still, I still love and respect you know, I'll just name the church. Uh, I went and worked for Lifesong Church, and I, I love and respect like everyone from Lifesong. I, I really have just a very high uh, opinion of them. Great people. Great people, but uh, I wasn't a good fit for them. You know, they, they realized it, I realized it very quickly. Like we both knew, and I remember I was sitting outside of my boss's office at the time, and I heard him talking with someone on the phone about like how bad of a fit it was (laughs) and so so he he came out and and uh he was like he was like hey like you know i know i'm sorry i had the door open i know you could hear me in there like um you know like i just figured since we had already talked about it like it was okay and i'm like honestly it is like we you know we both know it's not it's not a great fit i'm doing like like a c plus job and you know uh it's probably best if I if I you know look for something else. Now the great
0: fit was that about was that about the actual job or the church in general?
1: I think it was I think it was um, a little bit of both. So so on on the job side of things, you know, they were looking for a a just a a pure graphic designer, videographer, just powerhouse, right? Right. and um, you know and you've seen some of the stuff I've done here like it's it's decent but I'm not like I'm not ever gonna be like you know a uh, uh, top up upper 1% crust videographer that's just not gonna happen so um, they like they wanted people that could design their own fonts and stuff and like that that just never was gonna be me you know. Um, like when I was at fellowship, I would take a graphic design template and and put it together. Right. And I felt like that that's a good use of our funds. It's a good use of my time. Yeah. So when, but then when my role is very specific and I have all that time, okay, what do you do then? Right. And so I couldn't I couldn't hack it there. And then theologically, you know, there were just some some things that we we really didn't um, you know see eye to eye on, and I don't want to totally get into that here, but. Um, it, nothing nothing horrific, like they, they weren't like, you know, preaching on, uh, you know, child sacrifice or something weird <laughs> like that. You know, it was nothing like it's that. It's good to know that Lifesong Church is not preaching about Yeah, child no, no, Lifesong Church is great. God. Uh, it was just, you know, some things a lot of people might find minor, but because, you know, I wanted to be a pastor at the time, uh, yeah. that was important. So, um, yeah, so basically I decided, I'm like, okay, you know, I, I can't, I'm not going to turn back and go to fellowship at this point. I can't stay here at LifeSong, so I was like freaking out, like, "What do I do?" You know, and uh, and and I, you know, I, I won't go too far into this because I think I think this could be a podcast episode of its own, or, or a, a a family whatever thing of its own, yeah, 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 yeah. A family unit of its own. Uh, you know, I, then I then I started my my seminary journey uh, reluctantly, but but I did start it. Yeah, ended up liking it a lot, but we'll go into that another time. So, okay but then so I went in that direction then you you sort of went in a different one
0: right so I freaked out a bit like
1: and oh I I didn't tell that part of it so I I was actually very hurt as well like I was I was like so you know and Marty'll get into this in a second but you know he he reacted uh, emotionally which we all would I, I was emotional too yeah, yeah, yeah. but but uh, there there was some well, you never like raised your voice even like it was just like you you yeah. stayed very level on, on that front. Um, but but you know you were like you know uh you know next Sunday is gonna be your last Sunday or or, or was it the uh, next month or whatever it was is gonna be your last Sunday. It was March eight. Wow, and see this is he's a date guy. <laughs> like I don't it know if you March guys 8th. realize this about Marty, but he remembers dates like like it is crazy.
0: Yeah, so I think you told me in the middle of February. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so it was three or four it was three weeks I think, three or okay. four weeks.
1: Okay. Um yeah, yeah. So uh, anyways, but it was it felt quick because so I I had offered I'm like, "Well, why don't I stay on for a few months and I can I can kind of taper off and, and finish up a few of my projects here." And and I I just, you know, so when when he said, you know, no, through through three weeks is you're, you're going to be you're going to be done. And I was, I was sort of hurt by that, although clearly, like, it wasn't my decision. Like, I, I had already said, you know, I'm moving on. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I was just like, I was like, oh, why? And then, so I, I, I spoke with a friend about it, and he's like, are you kidding me? Like, you didn't include your friend in this decision. You just told him you're making it. And you're like, you're expecting some sort of, like, generosity you know and i was like i didn't look at it that way like why didn't i i I just wasn't thinking of of that side of things you know Hmm. and so yeah so I, i i was very upset and when even even being at life song and everything and then and then especially when life song wasn't a good fit i was sort of like oh what have i done you know like i was sort of like like okay, did I did I make the right move? You know, was it was it was it right? Yeah. And it wasn't. It really wasn't until a good, you know, year or two after I had left that I I, I was like, okay, the decision the decision to move on I think was was right. You yeah. Know, it was good. I did it in a really crappy way, but <laughs> but uh, it was right. So sorry, sorry. Continue. So
0: from my end, and I, I'm not actually gonna get because I think that where I went is a whole definitely a whole other podcast. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we became another church fellowship disbanded essentially yeah. and over the years then you and I every once in a while stayed in touch yeah, yeah. and i think at first it was pretty we didn't stay in touch yeah, yeah or yeah. occasionally we saw each other or whatever yeah and then you called me and we had a conversation at Sweets and Java cuz you were planning a church in the area
1: I was, but but actually, the conversation was a. We were we were actually going to a mutual friend's wedding. Someone who actually uh, uh, had had come to a fellowship. Edison and Angela.
0: Oh yes, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, you're you're performing. Right. I, was perfor- you're, you're I was performing. I was officiating, yeah, and right. I was and I was one of the um, one of the groomsmen. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. And so that's when we had coffee. Yes. And we talked. And. We discussed your church planning at that time, or that was something different?
1: No, we also discussed that. We did. Okay. We did.
0: And then I didn't. we really didn't talk much until Xbox.
1: Until Xbox. <laughs> That's right. And then,
0: so essentially we played this, oh no, Civilization.
1: Yeah, yeah, Civilization. So
0: yeah. To, to, just to explain to our audience, we, we played for some years back in 2009, 2010, 2011 maybe, this video game called Civilization with our friends. And, and
1: can I just say so so just for our audience here, so so Marty is like he's not nearly as nerdy as me. So getting him to play Civilization I thought was going to be like a big deal. I was like, I'm gonna have to try to sell him on this. Yeah. And then and then he told me not only had he played Civilization before, yeah, but but his wife had as well. I hope Carrie doesn't mind if I if I. I mean, she's a great civilization, or
0: was a great civilization
1: player. Like that is that is. I actually I've never talked to Carrie, but I, I actually have to ask her like, what's your favorite civilization to play? I think she only played one, and it was the
0: years that we first got married, two thousand six. So whatever, I think it was probably Civilization Five or maybe four. Okay. And she got quite good at it. Be- I mean, because right. it was we for our date nights, we'd go out to eat. And when that got expensive, we were like, all right, well, let's play Guitar Hero or Civilization or (laughs) all sorts of good stuff that young married people can do because they have time. And so we, or we would get Netflix, but not stream. Like we would get the CD, the DVDs, Uh, yeah, yeah. In the mail, and we would put it in and watch various episodes or or various movies, whatnot. Wow. And, And so. Apparently, Ryan and our other friends got tired of playing one video game, and so somehow I don't know how this worked out, but an Xbox showed up at my house in December of 2018. Mm-hmm. You had something to do with that, like I, don't know. I,
1: I did. Okay, I did, but I'm sworn to secrecy of, of of what role exactly I played. Okay, he's sworn to secrecy. So a
0: an Xbox showed up, and then. I jumped on it, and we began to play video games on Xbox. So, fast forward, because this is getting lengthy, and I hope you're okay with that. I, I To me, I think it's been a great conversation. So, fast forward, you
1: decided to move to Holden. Back to Holden. Yes. Yeah, that is quite the fast forward, but yes. <laughs> yes, I did. I skipped through all the games of FIFA that we played. Yeah. I'm sorry. FIFA yeah. is soccer, and... Yeah. Yeah. So uh, like, well, again, we can always go back and have another, another episode <laughs> of some of the other adventures we've had. But um, yeah, so, so um, in March, uh, so, well, actually, okay, it was December of 2019. So I was working in Chicago uh, at, at the company I currently work for still. And uh, my mom got diagnosed with cancer. And so, uh, and it was going to be a long... Uh, bout of chemotherapy, not because, you know, not because, uh, it was, it it was like terminal, but because, uh, you know, they just said the the type of cancer you have, it's going to take a while. So I knew I, I needed to go and, uh, and be with my, my mom when she was going through this. And, um, so I, yeah, just, I told my boss in December that, uh, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to you know move move back to Massachusetts and, and, and do this and he was like I can't I can't lose you you know so you know I'll give you I'll give you like two weeks at home and so so your company did not allow remote work yeah yeah basically at the time and so then I at, at the start I said okay but yeah there's the more I, I was thinking about it and and you know my mom going through what she was going through and you know my dad only has so many days he can take off from work and everything and so eventually I went back to my boss and said, no, you know, I am going home, you know, to, to be with my parents. And uh, so is that um, very similar? He's, he wasn't your friend, though. So it was different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, he, he, he is sort of my friend, not on the level that we were at. But um, but yeah, he, he was he was not happy. But he he was he was like, well, you know, like there's cancer involved and it's your mom. So, I, you know, I, I understand that. And. It is definitely a different situation. So we actually made a deal with HR, and I got to move home. So I moved home on March 1st. Wow. Okay? Yeah. Or I, I got in the moving truck March 1st. I, didn't, I took my time, getting yeah. back from Chicago, got back on March 3rd. And I remember stepping in through the front door of my parents' house, and my, my mom was watching TV. And Governor Baker was on the TV talking about the threat of the coronavirus and and i remember my dad sorry dad specifically saying like oh like that's that's nothing oh. like you know that's not going to become anything you know and, of course not. Uh, i mean he works for pfizer so. <laughs> yeah he does, he he's, does. yeah he he's does. like we can take care of that no could, problem. yeah exactly uh give us a year yeah uh, <laughs> so um yeah so basically uh it, the timing of it was just like was just freaky but uh yeah, so I've been back for a year, and it's just like, we literally, I think, was it one church service that I, I went to, and then we, we had to sit? Yeah, so it was, we did one church service. Well, we
0: went at Christmas. Is that the one you're talking about? No, no,
1: I was talking about the, the, I only came to one church service in March when I got home, Right. And then and then the next week we said, hey, there's rumors that the state might shut down, so we should get together with just the worship team and record the worship songs. Yes, and we did it, and I'm thankful we did it because we used those recordings so much. <laughs> we recorded five songs, and we used them over and over and over. And I am so sorry to, to you know, the audience who had to endure that. But so, um,
0: why did you choose Chaffin to
1: come back to? Well, I, I think I think a big part of it is. Um, just the people like I, I I knew a lot of the people already I knew yeah. you and, and and al and um, just uh, yeah just so many people uh, that, that are that are here already so that was like an instant community uh, that, that I could that I could you know get involved in yeah but also you know just from a few conversations I had with you before I got back you know um, there was just there was just a need here you yeah. know for for someone like me and so I that that was that was attractive to me because you know, I it's it's you know, doing doing this kind of stuff that we do You know, yeah. it's sort of like uh, it's like a sandbox that I can play in you know And so I really yeah. I really wanted that but yeah, I've just I've really come to, to love Chaffin and I I Sort of like love that we're small as well Like I I, I love just the the feel of what we're doing right now And
0: so it's been amazing and to see and how you have really i don't know if the word stepped up but really shaped the technology here in a church that really hasn't had technology ever <laughs> like i don't know i think it's ever like i've done a little hit a lot of studying and it, i'm not sure that technology has been a strong suit community has been good at times but techn- but technology no
1: yeah
0: and and one interesting thing so ryan works for a denomination, his, his organization's denomination. And one of the interesting thing I've found in some of my historical research of Chaffin is that for the first 50 years of Chaffin, there was a lot of ties. They weren't a part of the denomination, but there was a lot of ties to like a school that's connected to the denomination, and all that. So it's that's kind of an interesting connection as well.
1: Yeah, all those Swedes, man. They, they had those a lot of Swedes. connections, yeah.
0: So anyways, thank you for the conversation. You're here. And love having you here. And, uh, you know, I'll probably never put together an IKEA table with you again, (laughs)
1: personally. There's Uh, there's just some, you know, like Pavlov's dogs, you know? Like he's just putting together an IKEA table and he's like, something's wrong. You know, (laughs) like it's just something like that. Oh, man. All right. So is there anything else you wanted to say
0: before we move on to the next segment?
1: No, uh, not really. Other than, uh, yeah, I'm just you know, the Chaffin family segment. I, I think I think it is uh, aptly named. So aptly named, a family reunion. Yeah, definitely. Boom, definitely good to be reunited with with Chaffin.
0: Reunited, so. okay. <laughs> now for our message for today, um, and. Ryan is going to... This is going to be a message, but Ryan is also going to step in where he feels the need. We, we've never done this before. And so if you interrupt me, I'm going to knock you
1: into next week. <laughs> <laughs> knock me into, is it clock you or knock you? It, I've heard you say both now. and I, I, I am very concerned about knock. I'm not as concerned about clock. I'm actually just curious about that. I think it's know? clock. I, clock okay. is a
0: term that is an old school, like 70s term that they said in the Midwest. It's very similar to saying... Pop, if you
1: have a Pepsi. What, what, you have a what, pop. Where does that even come Like clock? Like Did someone hit someone with a clock once? And Perhaps. That's like a thing?
0: I, I don't know. I, I, I've never <laughs> studied the etymology of that particular term. <laughs> but somebody hit up the Urban Dictionary and make it happen. <laughs> Send us an email. Send Please. us an email. ChaffinChurch, 155 at gmail.com. Uh, so, a lot of things go into making a community. Uh, one of the things that I struggle with that necessarily makes a community in the United States, but I don't know that it should, is styles of worship. Right? You have, you have the cool churches. You know, I think Lifesong is one of those cool churches that kind of sets the tone. They are very cool. They're very cool. The people in it are just ridiculously cool. I mean, they dress cool. Way cooler than Dave Payne, who is a friend of mine. <laughs>
1: I don't know. Is he cool? <laughs> All right, I can I can tell this story. I can tell this story, and and I don't know if Dave's ever going to hear this or not. Hopefully, he he does, and and I would love to talk to him about this. But I remember he was considering switching. So he told me about the changeover he made from wearing like regular like you know regular Levi cuts you know jeans or whatever over to slim tapered, and and he he told me with like you know like a serious look on his face. He was like, it was really hard for me to switch over to slim taper jeans, Ryan. Let me tell you, <laughs> that is fantastic. And I just, I just want to know, has Dave switched over to skinny jeans now? I, I am genuinely curious. You know? Dale
0: Klein, you let us know that yes, immediately. Please. We need to know. Has did you hear about the <laughs> did you hear about the Instagram page, uh, Pastor's Shoes? Yes, I
1: remember that. Yeah, yeah. It's,
0: it's huge now apparently, but it got a lot of bad
1: press. Can, can you tell our audience what it was about? So it's yeah.
0: essentially a, an Instagram page that takes pictures of sho- pastors, like famous pastors, who have, or, or not just famous, but also pastors of big mega churches. And they have shoes on that are like designer tennis shoes. And some of these shoes are like $1,500, $2,000, like huge amounts of money for food. I wish I could remember what it's called, but it's something like Pastor's Shoes or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And it's like massive amounts of money that these guys spend on their shoes. Uh, I wonder if the slim, what is it called, slim? Slim tapered jeans? Slim tapered jeans are expensive. My jeans sometimes are, I, I recently have gotten into a, a company from Chicago. Oh that are called mugsy jeans okay and they're essentially jeans that feel like you're wearing sweatpants but they're designer jeans huh and they're more expensive than anything i've ever paid but they're not like hundreds of dollars yeah yeah yeah. they feel awesome though mugsy jeans okay (laughs) (laughs) that Um, was a wink for, for our
1: podcast listeners yep
0: so a couple things Styles of worship, I don't think, should make a community uh, for Jesus. I, I think that that is a thing that happens, maybe, but and it happens in America. But I don't think it should make up a community. I think people, if you have music at a church, right? Like I came to this church, and before I could do anything about it, the music was just hymns. And it wasn't good. Like there weren't even hymns I knew a lot of them. Hmm. And but I was a I was glad to be a part of a congregation of people who just wanted to sing, right? And so hmm. now our music is different, and I would say it's more uh, up tempo, more acoustic, more you know. There's some good stuff. More I don't know. I don't know what you call it, but um,
1: yeah, it's just, it's just kind of like. Uh, uh, stomp clap uh you know jam band acoustic-y. Maybe? yeah well yeah you need to be careful with that term but but yeah yeah <laughs> uh definitely
0: but yeah. i don't think music or styles of music should make a community and also the second thing that I was thinking about is you don't need a degree to act like jesus okay so because you go to seminary and i'm glad you did you finish seminary no, I'm a seminary dropout. He's a seminary dropout. Love this guy. Um, I also I, I
1: prefer the term seminary educated. <laughs> Seriously, so I use that so often. But you do I have just, a degree. I have a I have a bachelor's. Degree, bachelor's degree. I have yeah, a bachelor's degree as well. But I do use the term seminary educated for real because okay. I, I am seminary educated. I just didn't finish my degree, you know. Okay. <laughs> so, but you don't need a degree to act like Jesus.
0: So, mm-hmm. so and that, I think that's an important point because One of the things that Paul talks about all through scripture and that is found all through scripture is a theme of scripture is unity. And the question we're going to talk about today is how do I unite in heart and mind with other believers? How do I unite in heart and mind with other believers? And let's talk about even outside of Chaffin Church. Like there's all sorts of believers out there and we disagree on a lot of things like i don't even want to bring up politics but there's all sorts of things that people disagree on and who claim to follow christ or who follow christ i mean take away the word claim and but
1: do you like caleb you know
0: do you like caleb like (laughs) any good bible (laughs) believing christian should like caleb Uh, but this is one of the ways though that people know that you really love God, not by how much you give food to a food pantry or how well you know your Bible or well how you, how you exercise your spiritual gifts, but by how you love your brother or your sister in Christ. I mean, that is ridiculously convicting because I, I've told this story a few times. I'm sure I've told you in the past, but... The story of Michael Tutty, who now lives in Chicago. He, he lived across the street from Fellowship Church years ago on Bullard Street. And my wife, he, just, he moved in, and my wife decided, because they have twins, she I, maybe it wasn't that, but she wanted to make that family cookies. And so she told me, I'm making cookies, I'm going to bring it over to them. Do you want to go with me? I'm like, nah. Like, not, not, not a big deal. She's like, you're a pastor. You should do this. I'm like, I'm okay. I'm all set. Like, she cared about this family. She didn't know them, but she went and took cookies to them. And they, you know, Michael Cotelli was a huge part of our lives later on. But she cared enough to do that, to, uh, to love her brother and her sister. Um, but we don't, I don't think we do enough of, real, of really loving our brother, or sister in Christ. Mm. And, be, and one of the reasons, there's so many denominations. Now, I don't want to bust on denom... We're, we're in a denomination. You work for a denomination. I do. Yeah. There's So, so. I made up this game. Ryan doesn't think it's going to work. I don't. <laughs> I, I <gotta> <laughs> I'm just going to put that out but there. But it's going to be funny. I don't. And if it's not funny, he's going to edit this out. So, that's just how it is. So, the game is... One of us comes up with a, a, a number of denominations, a number, whatever, whatever denomination, they, like a list of denominations, and the other one comes up with a sound that makes them, that reminds them of that denomination. Do you want to come up with a sound or the list of denominations?
1: Uh, definitely the list of denominations. I just, I do not link those two things in my mind together often. I, I, okay. I hope you got something.
0: All right. So you come up with the nominations. I'm gonna make the sound.
1: Okay. Are you ready? Can I start with like a a a bombshell one? Yes. Bring okay. it. Southern Baptist. Oh, that food was good. Wait. You can say words. Is that? Is that? Yes. A it's, I don't know. Yes. Okay, okay, so... A you, phrase. So maybe it's okay, not a sound. Okay, a, a phrase. phrase. Okay, okay. No, that, that's better. Okay. Uh, Roman Catholic. Okay. All right. Uh, that was something. Uh, how about uh, we'll go with um, Assemblies of God.
0: <laughs> my friend Daniel Condon from Living Word Church will
1: probably have music for that. <laughs> okay, uh, let's let's uh, okay. How about uh, Anglican? Hmm, Anglican. Let us come together for communion. Oh, I like the it's it's the British accent or, or well yeah. your, your attempt at a British accent. There. Well Anglican <laughs> is British. It's no. is the exactly. Church of England. So I see yeah. what you're I see what you're throwing down. Yeah.
0: There. I, I that's my attempt to channel NT Wright, too. Alright,
1: that's all I got for denominations. Okay.
0: So that and that's probably enough too. So there's all these denominations, right? And they literally, because they're organizations, once again, which is fine, because there's There's this natural separation that takes place. Now, Acts chapter 4, verse 32 to 37. It's our passage for the day. In the lectionary, mind you, that's how we roll. All the believers were united in heart and mind, and they felt what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's great blessing was upon them all. There was no needy people among them, because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give those in need. For instance, there's Joseph, the one the apostles nicknamed Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. He was from the tribe of Levi and came to the island of Cyprus. He sold a field he owned and brought the money to the... Apostles. Okay, so let's get this out of the way, okay? Should government be involved with our righteousness? And I ask this question, and and Ryan's here. I think maybe we come from this two different viewpoints. I'm pretty libertarian here, but at the same time, there is something to be said about caring for, in a larger sense, if we call ourselves a Christian nation, but then don't love on those trying to get into our nation, that's a real, um, I don't know, it's a rough one for me. I mean, what do you think? Should government be involved with our righteousness?
1: Oh, man. That is that is a really big question. I, I think, uh, well, I'll, I'll say this, just in relation to the passage that you just read. um I mean, th- these guys and the gals, they, they really had no other choice, right? Because they 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 knew as soon as they joined the way, as it was called at the time, as soon as they started following Jesus openly, that they were going to lose a lot of their privileges, right? Some right. of them wouldn't be allowed to enter the temple anymore, which is where you did a lot of your socializing and, and any sort of social status you had was held in that that place you know yeah and so they they were gonna have any of that anymore certain people wouldn't sell things to them they couldn't buy things from them and so they had to create their own uh sort of micro economy right it, it was a it was a survival uh thing you know at the wow. time so okay. so i don't i don't know if this passage directly is going to tell us Is it's not it's not really like going to give us directly the answer right Although I, I do I do find it sort of funny when uh, you know really intensely you know conservative Christians will be like well I just do what the Bible says you know it's like well if you did what the Bible says then you know you read Acts two right and like okay <laughs> or Acts four in this case right but, and, but of and. course you have to interpret it is what we all the rest the rest of us know at least right you got right. you got to interpret the scriptures we know that was necessary for them at the time. I don't know if we're going to get that answer here, but okay. that's a good question. Well, so there, there are three v- ways in
0: which this scripture teaches us that we can unite in heart and mind with other believers. And I think this is, even though, let's say we don't take everything literally, okay? Yeah. There are still some ways in which if we do grab onto it, it, it will naturally, just by the way God created us, Help us to grow closer to Christ and closer to other believers. And the first way is pretty obvious in here, and that is simply share. Now, the reason I say that, and the reason that's number one, well, first of all, it's first thing in here, but also I hate to share. I literally hate to share my food.
1: Well, then I'll just let you host the rest now. <laughs> Get away <laughs> from
0: No, and when I say share, uh, like it's funny, uh, these people, I like, I don't like to own lots of things. I'm a, kind of a minimalist in that sense. But what I do own, I do kind of like go, mm. right? Yeah. And these people, Scripture says, and they felt what they owned was not their own. We say that a lot in giving time, right? That everything is, is, is God's anyways. But... I mean, can you imagine, I mean, you said it earlier, they're building a micro-economy. And I don't know if we're there, but there are people that maybe we look down at, we look down at simply because we, they, they're in need, right? And we'll get to that more in a second, but what if we just shared everything We had every, I know people like that, and they're such a blessing. And that does require, in some sense, a relationship and building relationships.
1: Yeah. But,
0: so here's the deal. They shared with people they knew, and they shared with people they didn't. I mean, the, the way, as you said, they just gave and gave and gave. Why? Well, here's the second point. And the second way to build unity is they told the good news about Jesus. Scripture says the apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. They consistently talked about this. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is risen. He is, that is who he is. That's what we are about. And so they anchored all of this giving, all of this sharing to this message. I think it was pretty focused too. Uh, I mean maybe this is where what do you mean by
1: focus? Was that what mean? I
0: mean by focused is I think, you know, on last Sunday I talked about an event that happened, right? Okay. I think that over time the more people preach, the more and and literally, I mean there are how many people preaching every week? Like and then people are influenced by others and, and whatever. Yep. I think preaching becomes more self-help, you know yeah. a lot of times yeah. uh, or psychology based. and it's not all horrible to have that. I, I think probably I do some of that. But when the message is not focused on Jesus, then I don't know. I, it feels like it feels like it's, it's not necessarily a church at that point. I know there are probably a lot of people who disagree with me on that. But Scripture is clear here that the apostles did testify. I don't think that the church can get away from that. Now, a lot of times they get into things like politics. The politics thing is interesting, too, because in some way you do want to use politics to build justice. Right. Right?
1: Right. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's like, yeah, that's, it's, it's such a double-edged sword, you know, because I think, I think when, when, when your faith and your politics mix, I think it is best done at like a basic level, right? Like the basics of your faith Hmm. maybe should meet the basics of your, of your politics. Right. But I think when the very specific parts of your faith, Meet the very specific parts of your politics. That's where the trouble of to, to that. come in. So, so for instance, like if if I am voting for two two different uh, one of two different candidates, right? Candidate A, candidate B. Candidate A is just like a, a, a raging um, person who just like you know persecutes uh, people groups. Um, they they really. Um, you know, just create a a, a um, culture of, of hatred and uh, enmity in, in the country, right? And then candidate B, you know, maybe their their economic policy isn't isn't quite as geared towards my you know my particular um, strata, my my economic strata or whatever. Yeah. And there are a few other things I don't like, but other than that, they're a pretty decent person, right? And and I think they'll create. Uh, a little bit more uh, uh, evenness in the war, you know, in, in the country. Yeah, you know like can I, can I take my, my Christian principle that I hold tightly of love, right? Um, the fact that I love the people that might be persecuted, um, maybe I put the economic stuff aside, right? That, that's that very specific stuff. If you rely on the specifics and you're like, okay, well, no, this, this person Canada A is good for the economy, right? um but they're not good for love right like right you're taking the specifics and you're ranking them over this principle of love right i, I think so that's where mm. you know you put the you put the basics ahead of the don't like major on the minors it's i guess it's that kind of message yeah you know? that's so. real
0: powerful that's really good
1: well i mean the major for the church has
0: to be jesus is lord as we celebrated he has risen And uh, we have to tell that good news as the apostles did. Thirdly, excuse me, take care of those in our community. I love, one of the things I loved about this church when we came here was the parish fund. It's such a simple thing that every month, every first week of the month, they took an offering specifically for those who might be in need in the church. And we've used it there. I mean, honestly, a lot of times we've used it for a very focused number of people. Like, not everybody has come and said, "I need this," but out of a church, you know, of, of at this point, seventy to ninety people, there have been, you know, ten people who have have needed that. And I think that's so important because sometimes in the fa- past, as I've said. I've looked down on people who have been in need, and I don't know why, because for whatever reason, I think in some way I'm better than them, and that is the opposite of love. It's the opposite of really caring about those in my community and loving my brother or sister in Christ. Sometimes we go on missions trips and ignore the people closest to us. Literally, we go and help people, and, and... I'm not saying there's something wrong with missions trips whatever but uh, in fact our friend Mario is out is going I think in 19 days to on a missions trip and he's doing amazing things in Haiti but sometimes we do that and then we look down on people in need right here I think we have to stop doing that I think we have to love our community more than ever we have to not to the point where we just only say we'll love you and not the world, but we can't get judgmental and we have to take care of, you know, we, that, we can't take the Lord's Supper in our riches and ignore those who can't afford to take it, right? So let's continue to be the church and build unity in the greater church, both Chaffin and beyond, right? Let's dash the doors of the denominations, even though it, I don't want to bust on him. I love what his denomination is doing, right? But let's dash the doors of the denomination and come around and make sure we are loving on everyone who is part of the way and beyond, okay? That is where that passage is taking us. Let's continue to unite in heart and mind with other believers.
1: It's
0: time for chaffing Good News as we close up shop here. Baylor University won its first national title in men's basketball this Monday having been the runner-up in 1948. This was their first one. By the way, they are a Baptist college
1: from Waco, Texas. Moo. Do you boo or do you moo? I mooed, that's my noise for Baptist, baby. Really? Moo. No, I <laughs> that was just the first thing I thought of. I thought it was because they're from Texas. And like cows or like I don't know how like, your game works, Marty. I'm sorry. That is, I mean,
0: <laughs> you move. What? Is because they're big?
1: Like, is that. No, no, it was totally disconnected. Okay. Know, it was the first noise I thought of when I thought of Baptist. Really? That's. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, it's like a Rorschach test, man. It's like, what do you think of when you see this random Wait, ink plot, you know, what do, you, what do you think of when you see... It's like a Rorschach test in reverse. Yes. Like, the noise has nothing to do with what you're thinking. Lou. Oh, Baptists. <laughs> it's a bunch of Baptists.
0: At a potluck, maybe. I don't know. Anyways, Easter at Chaffin was fantastic. We talked about that earlier. Thanks to those who participated. We had a dozen people who attended our Easter sunrise service, Linda Kohane, thank you so much for uh, speaking at that. 10 to 15, 10, no, check this out, 10 to 15 people only a year and a half ago came to church here. And we had 12 people at that Easter sunrise service and then 80 people joined our worship service at 10 o'clock, which was held outdoors. And then another 15 people online. And so great job Chaffin. Love what God is doing here. Also, what a weekend, Pastor Mila said, at Granite United, our friends in New Hampshire. He said, both online and in person, they had 12 services, seven Granite Kids experiences. Uh, They saw returning families, new faces, and a dream team with returning and first time servers. Lives and hearts were changed, he said. Thanks so much for celebrating Easter with us, Granite family. So great job, Granite. Chaffin is behind you. We love what God is doing. We love the Warrior Conference. Do you like the Warrior Conference? Or yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No,
1: I, I, you can I, say no.
0: You can leave the pretense at the door and say you know. No, Marty, I have actually. That was
1: no. I have actually had some very fond uh, memories at, at like like seriously funny things that yeah. that were like totally over the top and ridiculous, but also like some some good just you know God and community. Remember that guy from Texas,
0: that preacher from Texas? That is what I'm talking about. <laughs> that, is, that is the exact
1: thing I'm referring to. Keith, Keith? Keith Craft. Keith Craft. He's a pastor from Texas. Probably never will see this, but God bless
0: him. <laughs> he was a prosperity teacher. I think,
1: yeah, that was part of it, but he was just good. Well, we, that's another story for that's another That's another story. we got <laughs> to keep going. In.
0: Birthdays, uh, Josh Sean, and John Barber. The two pastors at First Congo, the youth pastor and the uh, lead pastor there, their birthdays are happened this week. Also... Uh, On the same day? No, I think it was a couple days. I'm not sure. Like, John Barber's is, is the day this is released, John, uh, April 11th. Okay. And Josh Vachon's is somewhere around now. Maybe, maybe even today. So, good times. Calissa uh, Whittall, who is... A daughter of one of my, uh, so when I came to fellowship in 1998, nine, another guy came with me. His name was Brandon Whittle. His daughter who was born that year is 21. Wow, so he turned 21 today. Uh, also Sandy Matthew. So what I did today on Facebook, because I didn't leave social media, I, <laughs> I wrote, does anyone have good news for me today? I just randomly wrote it and a h- ton of people uh, responded. And here are some of the responses. Sandy Matthews from Indiana, her granddaughter turned five months old. She had a picture, oh, obviously we're not really editing those things in right now, but um, beautiful little, little beautiful five month old. Oh, <laughs> uh, Willie Guzman, who actually goes to Granite Church, He found a job. He had been without work for a while and is now working and is praising God for that. So great job, Willie. Um, Here's an interesting story. Paige Converse. She was, she's my old youth pastor's daughter from when I was in high school, okay? He had eight kids. He had four kids when he knew me and then he moved and he became a lead pastor and then he had four others and she was part of the second half. So I really didn't know her, but I when I visited I occasionally. Anyways, so Paige is eight months pregnant, and she this morning on Facebook wrote that she had a an abscessed tooth and is in a lot of pain, but they can't give her certain things because she's eight month, eight months pregnant. And anyways, I hadn't heard I you know I liked it and said, you know, pray for her or whatnot. And her father, later on, wrote in, in response to mine, does anyone have any good news for me? Wrote that um, the, the dentist did it for free. And wow. it was a surgery, it ended up being a surgery, and took care of her, and he said, God bless in a lot of ways, she's totally good now. And so that was awesome. And then an uh, old college friend of mine, who also taught with me, up here at Twin City Christian School in 2001. Um, He is taking his middle son to college at our old college, Pensacola Christian College. I'm sorry, his son. uh, (laughs) And he's visiting his
1: oldest, who is a sophomore there. You're just bashing a lot of organizations.
0: You know what, I don't mean to (laughs) bash. Admittedly, I did say in the last episode that my humor can be dark.
1: I, that that is so that forgive
0: is me organizations i want to make clear that i'm not bas- bashing batching the evangelical covenant church <laughs> and or life song i think i would probably bash pensacola christian college <laughs> a little bit god bless them they're awesome people anyways uh that's our good news for the day tell us on facebook or send it on chap and church 155 at gmail.com if you have any
1: good news we'd love to hear it, okay? Are you going to say your, your, your closing line, Marty? I'm going to let you say it. Okay, can I, can I read? I just want to make sure... It's not written down. Do it. no, no, no. Oh, it's not written down. Okay, unlike my limerick. Uh, so okay. I should
0: say this. Couple. Next week, no, it is. Next week is New Member Sunday. And so even online, even for those who are not even in this... Um, not even living in Holden, because I don't think that's a... If you regularly consider... Chaffin Church, or church home, and all you do is watch online because this happens. We had our first new member Sunday online back in June. That's when you became a oh, member, right? That's right. So we have another new member Sunday coming up next week. And so if you're interested in that, please let us know. You can There's a form you can fill out at chaffin.church. Let us know that. Also, if you love this podcast and love Chaffin' Church, feel free can, to...
1: Can I just go back to the November thing just for yes. one second? please. Like, if you think it's going to be, like, super weird, like you're going to have to, like, hop on a Zoom call and talk in front of a bunch of people, totally not the way it works. We, we are going to have you f- film a little, a little, you know, tidbit, but you get to do it, you know, uh, by yourself, and then I will edit it. It's my job to make you look good and it's very, very easy. So I just wanna throw that out there in case anyone had any sort of like, you know, weird feelings about that. Um, you're not gonna be the center of attention for long and if you do do it, there's probably gonna be multiple people doing it at the same time. So you'll kind of be uh, amongst the crowd as it were.
0: And the most important thing about membership, I haven't always been a huge fan of membership, but they do that here and, and so we're a part of that. The most important thing about membership is that it allows you to have a hand as a congregational church, in shaping what goes on here at Chaffin Church. So, if you don't like what Ryan and I are doing, you can have a hand in that, and you can have a hand anyway, I mean, let us know. But, but like on a larger scale, you can be a part, and so we want to you to have that opportunity as well. Um, speaking of opportunities, uh, if you are interested in um, supporting what we're doing here. As a podcast or as a church, feel free to do so at chaffin.church slash giving. Or you can send any gifts to 155 Shrewsbury Street in Holden, and Massachusetts, 01520. And thank you so much as a person who uh, is, benefits from having this church uh, community. Thank you for your gifts and for your generosity We love how God is bringing us together to do really awesome and creative and amazing things for His glory. He is Lord, and He is risen. So thank you for that. And do you want to finish it out, Ryan? Yes, yes I do.
1: All right, so that's your good news. Now go and give some out.